in the Gospel according to St. Luke in the 7th chapter. Soon afterward, Jesus went to a town called Nain, and his disciples and a great crowd went with him. As he drew near to the gate of the town, behold, a man who had died was being carried out, the only son of his mother, and she was a widow. And a considerable crowd from the town was with her. And when the Lord saw her, he had compassion on her and said to her, Do not weep. Then he came up and touched the bier, and the bearers stood still. And he said, Young man, I say to you, arise. And the dead man sat up and began to speak, and Jesus gave him to his mother. Fear seized them all, and they glorified God, saying, A great prophet has risen among us, and God has visited his people. And this report about him spread through the whole of Judea and all the surrounding country. This is the gospel of the Lord. You know, we don't always like to talk about it, but uh, death is everywhere, isn't it? We see it around us all the time. I mean, everywhere we look. There's crime everywhere. Uh, You guys don't see near as much of that kind of crime as I do in Memphis. But, you know, every day, every day, some, just about every day somebody dies. We're approaching 100 murders this year. And, uh, <clears throat> you know, so there's crime, there's wars, you know, and some of the, the death that you hear about is really brutal and senseless. It takes place. Of course, there's always disease, right? I mean, you know, that, that gets everybody at some point, you know, disease or there's accidents. Um, that happened. Um, the floods in Texas, natural disasters. You had those guys at Fort Hood, you know, that died, and they were at North Fort Hood. I've been there. I know what what North Fort Hood looks like, and how easy it would be for water from the elevations to come rushing down through, and that's what happened to them. It's always around. We can't get a, away from it ever. But God wants life for everybody. That's God's desire is that we live. In Ezekiel, God says, I do not desire the death of anyone. Well, that makes sense because isn't God the one that created life? I mean, he, from the very beginning, he created it. Everything that's alive, he created. It's like the, the, the top of his creation and human life is at the top of all of that in God's book. And when God created life and he looked, and, and what does it say? And he looked, and behold, it was very good. And that's what God's desire is, is, that, is life, not death. And even Jesus in John 10 said, I came that they may have life and have it abundantly. And Jesus isn't just talking about the life here that, you know, that we would have a life of of peace and contentment. Jesus is talking about real life. He's talking about life that doesn't end. He's talking about being in the presence of God, being face to face with God forever. I mean, when that's the way it was with Adam and Eve, right? He walked in the garden in the evenings with them. You know, they had this face to face thing with God totally living in the presence of God. 
without any kind of fear, any kind of barrier. And Jesus said, I came that they can have that kind of abundant life and that that life would last forever. That is what God's desire is. And yet, death is a harsh reality. And we've all experienced it in some way. We've, we've, maybe, maybe you've had death come knocking at your door at some point in your life. And you've dealt with that or with the possibility of it. <clears throat> but even if not that, the one thing that you have dealt with is losing somebody. Somebody at some point in your life, and it may have happened early, it may have happened you know, later in your life, but you've been, been near death by losing someone that you cared about. And along with that comes all the other stuff. There's the grief and the sadness and the pain that comes with it and fear, maybe, about what the future holds. Oh, yeah, and guilt. There's always guilt, isn't there? Things that I should have said or things that I did say or maybe time that I didn't spend that I should have. There's always some of that when death comes knocking. I was 15 years old when my dad died. And he died at the hospital during the night. My mom was there. And then the next morning, she came to the house. She got us all up, sat us on the couch, and told us dad was gone. I was the oldest of five at that time. And there was sadness. And there was grief. I remember sitting. I stayed home from school that day. And I remember I went in, and I was that morning, and uh, I just sat down at the piano, and I was just playing stuff on the piano. And all of a sudden, I just broke down. It, like it hit me, and the sadness and stuff. And, and some fear. The oldest of five kids, the youngest was two. Moms didn't work back then so much. You know, so what's going to happen? I didn't know. And I was getting ready to go away to school in a few months start training to be a pastor. Oh yeah, and there was there was the guilt. You know, 15-year-old boy, rebellious, wanting to get out, wanting to be free, and there were times that I had wished my dad was dead. And now he was. Did I do that? But even beyond all that and beyond all those feelings, there is a kind of death that is much more serious and a kind of death that is permanent. And I guess maybe the best way to describe that is to be permanently out of the presence of God. To never be able to see the face of God. To spend eternity with the fear and the grief and the sadness and the aloneness and the guilt and not having any access to God's compassion and care and love. That's the worst kind of death. And that's the one that Jesus said he came to bring life to. <clears throat> but the good news in all of this is that God 
really has power over death, doesn't he? I mean, that's what these lessons today were all about. Elijah took this, this widow's young son up to, up to his quarters, fell down on him three times, and his son came back to life, but it was not because of anything in Elijah. It was because he cried out to God to restore his life. And God had the power to do that, and he restored his life. And then Jesus, when he came on the funeral procession and he stopped and he gave life back to that young widow's son and actually by doing that gave life to the widow as well. But he gave him life because Jesus had the power. And if that's not enough to convince anybody where the power is, then Jesus himself, after his horrific suffering and death and the bloody ordeal that he went through and he died, came back. Remember when the, when the women went to the tomb and the angel was there and the angel said, why are you looking for the living among the dead? He's not here. He's risen. He's alive. And so it's like probably when the women left and they said, thank you, God, your son's alive. <clears throat> and because he's alive, then we can be alive. Because the writer of the Hebrews says that Jesus is the exact representation of God. So when we look into the face of Jesus and when we look at Christ, what do we see? We see God. And when we have a relationship with Jesus Christ and when we follow Jesus Christ, we are in the presence of God. And Christ says, when you follow me, then you will be in the presence of God forever. You will be able to see the face of God like Adam and Eve did. And you'll be able to see it forever. And along with that comes the, the elimination of sadness and grief and fear and guilt. But we live with God and we live in His love and His comfort, His encouragement, His compassion forever. That's the promise of a relationship with Christ. St. Paul talks about that. He experienced that as he moved from, from a kind of death to, to a new life. Paul, for all his rabid dedication to persecuting the church, and then when he, when he came face to face with Christ, not just on the Damascus Road, but after that, because Paul says... I didn't learn about Christ from anybody else, but I received it by direct revelation from him. So he had some face time with Christ in some way or another. And it changed him. It changed him and it moved him from this death that he was experiencing to a whole new kind of life. And, and then he became the first one to ever take this message from the small enclave in Jerusalem and to take it out into the entire world. Because that encounter with Christ, that new life changed him so much. And Jesus promises that when we are face to face with him, that when he is a part of our lives and when we are in a relationship with him and when we follow him, he'll do the same thing. He changes us in a way that people can see and in a way that becomes a blessing to people. And then just like 
Paul said, when people realize the change that had taken place in him and, can, and takes place in us, that they were praising God. They were praising God for that change. When people see you and see Christ in you and they come face to face with Christ, then they will praise God too.